0: Hey, welcome back to Win the Day. My name's Jacob, and today we'll be doing an overview of the book of Second Kings. I love sports. Specifically, I love the sport of football. I'm drawn to football because the coach is such an important part of the game because there's so much strategy. It's all about coming up with a good game plan. But a coach can come up with a perfect game plan. It means nothing unless the players can execute it. Now, imagine if the players just decided to ignore the game plan and do whatever they wanted instead. It would be utter chaos. Needless to say, the coach wouldn't be very happy with the players. The coach might warn them a few times, but ultimately, if they refused to follow the game plan, they'd have to be benched or else their team would lose because players who ignore the coach's game plan will cause the whole team to fail. Now, this whole idea of failing to follow the game plan is what comes to mind for me as I look at the book of 2 Kings. We find a continuation of the story that left off in the book of 1 Kings, which follows the line of kings that governed the nation of Israel. We begin to see a repeating pattern as the nation and their people refuse to listen to God and follow His covenant. You might say that they are all failing to follow His game plan. Now, a few things you might want to know about this book is to remember that First and Second Kings were originally written together. It's all one unified work, so it shouldn't be separated as we read through it. Now, this book takes place between 560 and 536 B.C., The main people that we'll find in this story would include people like the prophet Elijah, King Josiah, and Jehoiakim. So how can we find Jesus in the story of 2 Kings? Well, I believe he can be seen just in the fact that God preserves the royal line that started with King David. He'd promised King David that the king that would rule forever would come from his line, and God oversees it in such a way that that promise is kept as he continues to extend King David's royal lineage. One big takeaway that I find from the story of 2 Kings comes from following the example of the prophet Elisha. God had sent prophets to his people to warn them to flee from their sin, to call them back to following God and obeying the covenants. Elisha had followed in the footsteps of Elijah, the prophet who came before him. They both had the responsibility of calling the people back to following the Lord. And under Elisha, they had experienced some revival. He also demonstrates to us God's power through showing many mighty miracles that show that God can resurrect life from death. This may have been a sign of how God could resurrect His people even though they had experienced judgment for their sin and rebellion. Now at the end of 2 Kings, we find that God does bring judgment on His people because of their ignorance. The Israelites persisted in all the sins of Jeroboam and didn't turn away from them until the Lord removed them from His presence. As He had warned through all of His servants and the prophets, so the people of Israel were taken from their homeland into exile in Assyria, and they are still there. Again, we see this passage that God lovingly warned His people to turn back to Him many times, but they ignored Him. Rather than following Him and His plans, they followed their own. And they were ultimately cast out of God's promised land, just like Adam and Eve were cast out of the garden. At the end of 2 Kings, God's people are either dominated by the Assyrians, or led into exile and captivity under the Babylonians. This book serves as an important reminder that though God is patient, He will eventually bring judgment for sin. Our only hope is to listen to His voice, follow His game plan, and turn back to Him.
1: Hey, I hope you enjoyed the message today.